This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. It is episode 209. I'm your host, Tim Loy. It is recap and reaction day for this past weekend's VFC 83. Uh, went down at the World Famous Cotton Eye Joe this past Friday night. And, uh, man, had a lot of great action on the card. Uh, of course, uh, joining me this week, we've got my co-host Justin Watson, uh, Jeff Hobbs, the voice of Valor with us, as well as your 170-pound professional champion, Greg Hopkins on the line. Uh, we are without Torres Finney this this week. He is uh, preparing for his uh, main event coming up on, on the next card, which is going to be uh, July the 2nd at uh, BFC 84, and we'll talk a lot about uh, that that fight in the in the coming weeks. So, uh, guys, let, let's get to it. We've got eight. We're going to do it eight rounds fashion tonight because we've got um, you know we've got the recap and then a few other uh, items to touch on as well. So we're going to stay with the eight rounds formula, and uh, we'll go ahead and get into it. Round number one is uh, we're gonna we're gonna break this recap into into rounds essentially. So round number one, we're going to talk about the. Uh, the amateur portion of this past week's VFC 83 card. And uh, before we get into the results, Justin, uh, catch us up on where we stood coming into uh, this event, if you will. All right. So Greg had the lead with 161 points, Torres with 154, and Hobbs with 144. All right. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, we had uh, you get get two points on the winner, an extra additional point if you pick the winner and the method and uh, the uh, undercard. We only had five um, amateur fights on this card, but they were all uh, pretty interesting. I thought Uh, we had one Muay Thai fight. Will Burnett defeats uh, Stephen Kent. Uh, third round TKO, and that that was a you know a, a really uh, exciting fight to lead us off. Uh, William Burnett, um, a, a very deceptive zero and one coming into this, as I as I knew he was, uh, very tall and rangy, made the uh, the most of all of his weapons here. Stephen Kent just never could really get it going, and uh, finally succumbs in the third round, about nineteen seconds left in the round. Elijah Gilbertson steps in on short notice to uh, defeat Hayden Stanley on about two, three days notice, I believe it was, when uh, McNutt pulled out on Hayden Stanley. First round TKO about a minute in. Uh, Stanley uh, had a, uh, a karate background. It looked like a lot of side stances, a lot of uh, kicks and whatnot, but got a little bit of uh, controversy on that one, it seems like. I guess Hayden was, was saying that he hit his head on some metal in the cage, but after watching it back, I, I never could see what he was talking about, and there was no exposed metal in the case, so I don't know if it was just the fencing or, or what it was, but Elijah Gilbertson uh, moves above 500 for the first time. Congrats to him. It looks like Stanley's going to make a quick turnaround and get back in there um, in July. Uh, Josiah Newton with a very impressive debut knockout uh, for TKO in the first round, about a minute into that one as well, over James Pruitt, also making his debut. Uh, that was one that we really didn't know what to expect. We knew we had a striker versus grappler uh, contest on our hands, but Pruitt came out firing, and, and he actually uh, landed pretty good early in the in the round. But uh, Newton, uh, you know, uh, weathered uh, that early storm, comes back and uh, gets a TKO. It was standing. I don't think he ever dropped, but the referee stepped in and stopped it. He was taking pretty good damage and probably a good stoppage. Uh, Zane Havener with a second-round rear naked choke in uh, about a minute into the second round over Tommy Waller, who uh, drops to four and two. Havener, that was his debut, looked very good. And, man, they were, uh, they were both out there throwing uh, – throwing, Throwing bombs early in the fight, uh, Havener able to get this fight to the ground and kind of control it. 
um, you know, from there, uh, gets a very naked choke in the second round and uh, nice debut for him. And then in our amateur uh, feature, we had uh, Alfredo Rodriguez from uh, from Georgia come up here and take that vacant uh, Valor 125 amateur title with a very, very impressive performance. Uh, third round TKO over uh, 6-1 at the time, Jackson Donovan from KMAA. Um, and very impressive was Rodriguez, man. This guy is a motor that does not stop. Great wrestling, and then the ground and pound from this guy to be 125 is brutal. I mean, this guy was the accuracy on his strikes. I mean, I can't even remember him missing any strikes. Like everything he threw was hard and direct. Uh, Donovan constantly throwing up submission attempts, but as the fight wore on, they got sweatier and they were uh, they were fewer and further between and not as close as they were early in the first round. And uh, eventually, uh, Alfredo gets that title win in the third round. Congrats to him. He'll be uh, he'll be a tough one to knock off. Um, what's, uh, we'll go around the horn here, guys, uh, your reactions to these amateur fights, uh, your impression, uh, overall, you know, who had the most impressive performance, biggest winner, anybody surprise you? Is there any, uh, upcoming, uh, fights that you would, uh, play matchmaker and like to see some of these guys against in the future? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll go, you know, uh, we'll go, I guess to, uh, I don't really have like a, an order here, so we'll just, uh, toss it over to Hopkins first. Greg. I guess, you know, throughout all these first five fights, my, uh, I don't know, man. They, like you said, it was a standout first five amateur fights. All these fights are pretty good. I guess Elijah Gilbertson, I got to state that I think that that's right now is his biggest victory. And Hayden Stanley was a was a debut opponent, wasn't he? Yes, he was a debut, but uh, he was obviously in shape. And I believe he, he had trained some um, mm-hmm. with Chris Bond in the lead up to this. And he was – and he was. He's pretty good to get pretty pretty put together, you know. And you know, <clears throat> looks gonna be deceiving right there. But when Elijah came out, I didn't know how he was gonna fare, you know, from drinking a twisted tea three days ago to fighting in the cage on a on a Friday night, you know, at Cotton Eye Joe. So I wasn't sure, but he stood out head and shoulders above everybody on there right now, as well as Alfredo Rodriguez against Jackson Donovan. Like you said, that's gonna be a tough one to take off. Uh, that was the most impressive performance I've seen out of those first five. Uh, not really too many surprises. Uh, Tommy Waller getting submitted was a big for me. I didn't think that he was going to get submitted, but going against Havener, uh, you know, like that. Like I mentioned last week when I seen his little puppy dog picture on uh, Facebook, I said I was excited to watch him. He's a cold-blooded killer. I just wanted to see him. Next matches, you see mentioning some matches coming up next, man. Um <sighs> I'm not sure with the uh, with the Ammies. I mean, I know we got a lot of ways we can go with the uh, Tommy Waller and Zane Havner because that's starting to open up a division and you know and uh, at middleweight up there. So I mean, that's a, there's a lot there. I mean, I know at Agogi we got some uh, uh, some guys that at that weight class that I'd like to see jump in there and mix it up with some of these vets now that uh, that are coming out here. Or maybe a Tristan Scarborough, you know, he's coming off a loss in the title fight there, but I think he would be an interesting matchup for either one of these guys. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. We can. Uh, it's starting to open up, and uh, and uh, Scarborough's down to 185 now. So yeah, he, yeah, th- we're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of good matches out of that 185 division. I guess that's the uh, the upcoming matches I want to see. Really, just to bring out even all these guys are you know smaller weight classes. It's still I, I, the thing that I see the most is opening up is that that heavier division right there at 185. All right, uh, Jeff Hobbs, your take on these amateurs? I mean, it's exciting. Like I said, it's very rare that uh, we're more pro heavy than we are you know uh ammy but uh i mean we made sure with uh just a few ammies on there that we made some good ones man uh you know will burnett um 
I wouldn't say Will Burnett surprised me, but it was. I guess it was surprising because we we expected so much, um, you know, more out of uh, you know a, a Kiker guy, and that that's not to take anything away from him. I think it just proves how much better Will Burnett was, uh, William uh, William Burnett was than we thought. Uh, you know, we talked on the broadcast about uh, you know where Burnett needed to keep this fight, and that was at the end of his punches and at the end of his kicks, um, and he did that. So then, what happens? You know, when that happened or, you know, when something like that happens, you know, what are you supposed to do? Well, now you need to get on the inside. Well, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, because if you got inside of his reach and got inside, you were plum clenched and need to death, you know, need to hell. So there was no uh, there was no safe place uh, in that fight for Stephen Kent. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was impressive that Burnett was able to uh, dominate in, you know, in both fashions, uh, you know, Gilbertson. Love that for that guy, man. It was it was cool. I, I really, you know, I, I know I picked him in the lead up, and then my, I picked him because I just thought this was going to be the most loose uh, that he he could possibly be, and I just had a feeling that it was going to benefit him to come in with just no no pressure, no training camp, just loose. And uh, you know, while we know there's pressure to get above 500, I just really felt he was going to take it with a no pressure kind of attitude. Um, and then I, you know, I've just got to you know the Waller fight. Uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. And like I said, I, I've just felt like, you know, Tommy, when he gets on the ground is, is kind of out of his zone. I know he's had some submission wins, uh, but I think that just has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the opponent. Um, so it wasn't surprising really for him to get submitted. Uh, I think the big standout, obviously, like you said, both of you guys talked about was Rodriguez. Um, you know, that was just, damn, that was impressive, man. That was his motor, his engine, uh, his relentlessness. I mean, it's just, you're kicking yourself in the ass that we didn't really find this kid until after, uh, uh, Lindler decides that he's done with the amateur ranks and wants to go pro because that would be a hell of a main event on, uh, on any of our cards, man, any of our amateur cards. It's, it's just a shame. We're not going to get to see that because I think that Rodriguez, you know, Lindler's leaving for a reason because he didn't felt there was any challenges, and I think we found the challenge just a little bit too late. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there, man. That would have been a hell of a fight. I I would have a really hard time uh, dissecting that one because they're both uh, so strong. Uh, Justin, any take on these amateur fights now that they're in the books? And maybe you'll catch us up on uh, where our uh, what these guys uh, recap what they our picks were. Yeah, man. <clears throat> um, you know, obviously, Will Barnett uh, in the only kickboxing match of the night looked phenomenal. I, I thought that. Um, you know, he looked good everywhere. Even when he was getting backed up, he was able to circle out and, and keep the distance and, and stay out of trouble. Uh, you know, Hayden Stanley, I think one of the issues with that was I, I feel like he just he moved around a lot and threw a lot of strikes that were just to the air, you know, just kind of wasted a ton of energy there in the beginning and uh, made it pretty easy for Elijah. Um, kind of, you know, called time out in the middle of the fight and kind of just quit there. But, um, you know. Uh, if he puts in some work and and you know he, he can definitely learn from this and come back and and do do better next time um and then obviously you know not to bury the lead but Al, uh alfredo rodriguez was phenomenal his wrestling was just so good jackson's incredible on the ground at 125 pounds the kid's super flexible he can hit submissions from anywhere alfredo you know 
just brushed off every submission attempt Jackson threw up, and they were coming, you know, every couple of seconds Jackson was trying to throw something up. Um, and Rodriguez was landing big shots on the ground. The control in the wrestling was um, was just the whole story there. Um, in the first fight, we had Torres and Hobbs both pick Barnett. Hobbs got the Gilbertson with the TKO. Uh, everybody wrong on the um, Josiah Newton fight. Yeah, Hobbs a little, a little run there in the amateur portion there. Got mm-hmm. some bonus points and everything. All right, let's move on around to you guys. That is going to be uh, our uh, our undercard portion of the pro bouts. Uh, originally set to have uh, four here in this slot, but we only ended up having uh, three. It, uh, leading off the uh, first pro fight of the night, it was the Valor debut of Robbie Ring, young man out of Virginia who we just signed. He gets it done real fast, 13-second uh, TKO over Drew Henry, just overwhelmed him with uh, strikes, finished him off with a big knee. And uh, moves to three, or moves to two and zero oh now as a professional, and uh, he'll be looking to come back soon. I'm imagining uh, he'll he'll be a solid prospect at 135. Uh, female 135. We had a, another really close fight. It was um, Morgan Hickam uh, in a rematch against Daniel Wynn from their amateur days. Very very close fight. Very hard to score. This one um, the, the it was very very nip and tuck. I I every round could have gone literally either way. Um, I guess you would maybe give a little bit more credence to the early rounds where Morgan was kind of holding the center and, and coming forward more. But I thought it was super close. And she takes a split decision over Danielle Wynn and um, gets her record up to uh, 50-50 now. Uh, Danielle Wynn drops to 0-3, a very, very deceptive 0-3. She's fought tough girls and uh, is no slouch. So uh, that was uh, another uh, our first decision of the night. Uh, after that, it was Rufus Port uh, product Scotty Stockman with a very, very impressive showing. Uh, third round TKO over the always tough DJ Bowden, Arthur Cisse. Man, this was back and forth. This is a great fight. Um, uh, Stockman striking uh, w- was solid, man, and his wrestling w- was very good as well as, as advertised. And uh, third round, he managed uh, to kind of just like pour it on Arthur, and Arthur started to wilt a little bit, you know. So uh, he heard him and then finished him off about a minute into the third round, moves to two and one Cissé drops to four and three and uh then we uh the final bout of this flight was supposed to be Wes Wilson Wes Wilson taking on Keenan Raymond all the way from Rhode Island who just fought about three weeks ago against Nick Gertz uh Keenan Raymond pulls from the fight uh man I'm talking literally right before they were supposed to walk he said he twisted his ankle backstage and uh that was that so uh unfortunate that uh Weston wasn't able to uh to compete that evening uh after after all that uh, we'll go around the horn. We'll start with uh, we'll start with the Hobbs this time. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I guess the most surprising one for me was uh, you know that Cisse bout in, in this section of the card, man. Um, it was uh, you know just not what I expected. I thought Cisse was going to be able to uh, you know get a hold of him, get his hands on him, and 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 some of that good old CC wrestling and, and dominate man. But, uh, Scotty Stockman was, uh, uh, the real deal. That's for sure. And we should, you know, we knew coming from that gym that, uh, that he was going to be legit, but, uh, just definitely surprising how he was able to handle, you know, Arthur CC. Um, you're right. The, the Hickam fight, man, that was so razor thin close. Um, you know, and the split decision shows it, um, you know, at the end of the day, a split decision is, uh, you know, one judge who saw one round differently than the others. Uh, it was that close, man. So, um, but uh, Robbie Ream, um, 
He was the one from uh, Withville. Was that yeah, it? Withville. Yeah, he had a good t- he had a crowd there. He did, and they made sure that I heard about it that I pronounced Withville wrong um, to make sure that uh, that never happens again. Um, Withville, I'll never forget it now because they uh, <laughs> they let me hear about it. So uh, the Keenan Raymond thing that was just so odd. You know, we never like those things to happen, and you know, it's it it can be. You know, it's embarrassing for the promotion just when something falls through and you have a guy left hanging like that. I will say, um, you know, kind of nobody watching kind of thing. When I got back to the uh, um, hotel after the show, Keenan Raymond was getting out of his car. Uh, Of course, no one around. I was still in my car watching out the window. And, uh, you know, the kid was legit, you know, limping. by himself, uh, you know, so I don't know what happened in the back or what the injury was that happens during warmups, but, uh, I will say I was kind of watching, you know, from a distance and no one else was around. He wasn't trying to put on a show for anybody. There was no one around. Uh, so either he legit had something wrong or he was committed to his craft, um, and just making sure, but, uh, it was an odd one, man. It was tough to explain to the crowd and to Weston Wilson that, uh, he wasn't competing. Um, that's pretty much, you know, all I've got for that, uh, for that round. All right. Um, I will say, uh, before we go to Greg, I'll say that, um, it, it was a really tough spot with the, with the Keenan Raymond thing, because I've been getting I, more than one person. I'll say there's been about three or four people that reached out to me before Keenan fought Nick Gert saying, Hey man, this guy's not going to see it through. If you look at his topology, he's pulled out all these fights. And that is what it shows. But, I mean, he he made the ride down from Rhode Island and fought Nick Gertz in Chattanooga just three weeks before. So I was like, well, if there was an issue in the past, maybe he's gotten past it. You know, he just fought a, a tough motherfucker, Nick Gertz, three weeks ago. He's driven down here again from Connecticut all this way. You know, he's going to, you know, I, I, I've got to give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess. You know, it's a tough call because if you look back at um, – at those topology cancellations, there have been two other ones with the exact same shit, like angle in- ankle injury, ankle injury backstage before the fight. This would be the third one. Crazy, huh? Greg, uh, your thoughts. Sorry, I was just eating in all that, uh, all those facts you were just giving us right there. Robbie Ring, man, man shit, 13 second knockout, just phenomenal. Uh, <clears throat> I guess the debut, Drew Henry, um, uh, uh, Drew needs to go back to them drawing boards right now and uh, <clears throat> be ready and prep for fight night and, uh, and don't have you know that test anxiety when it comes time to see what you've been doing in the in the classroom. Morgan Hickam and Daniel Wynn, <clears throat> I said last week I thought it would be a repeat of the original amateur fight that they had and it was Daniel. However, like you, I think somebody mentioned there, just because one judge scored it different, I think I don't know, what, but I don't know. But I mean, like that was a tight, close fight just like it was back in 2017-18 when they fought. But it was the same fight. I uh, uh, was looking for the knockout in that right there from Morgan or, or Daniel because I just wanted to see both girls let loose. But they both played on the safe side and tried to pull out the you know, the grinding victory and didn't want to punch themselves out. Uh, really good fight, though, for the most part. Uh, Scotty Stockman, man, like <clears throat> top 10 in the United States of America at one point in time in his life, uh, was a wrestler from you know the west coast which is a whole different level of wrestling than you would render here in tennessee or in, even in the south you know you go up to you know your northern states and your western states there's just a lot more kids there's a lot more uh people to wrestle with man so you see a lot more different types and i know that he's probably seen a whole lot of arthur c says and i i'm not like you know throwing any shade at arthur c say because this wrestling 
Franklin's great. He went to Franklin. I mean, they got, you know, Franklin's got wrestled, you know, Kelly Steele's from Franklin. Some of the best wrestlers come out of the state of Tennessee, but Scotty, Scotty Talkman being, you know, top 10 in the country, you know, two time state champion, you know, just, just the accolades he used and, uh, <clears throat> just, uh, was able to take down Arthur at will and get him. Now, throughout this fight, uh, Stockman did get pulled, uh, to the center cage and got a point deducted for, um, for grabbing the cage, which he right. was Right. Yeah, you're right. I should have mentioned that. Yep, you're yeah, right. Time, time and time again, he kept getting pulled away. And I did learn my lesson from being, but the reason, the reason I said something cage side during this fight was because, yes, Scotty Stockman was, he was grabbing the cage often and a lot. And Chris Bond, is paying attention to everything at this point in time because he's getting yelled at for you know back of the headshots and and he was missing those. I'll give that to whoever the coach was on the corner. Every coach was saying back of the heads and he was missing those. He wasn't tough calling them. Bond. And I agree that, with you. Yeah. yeah, and if that happens, man, you got to call it. You got to call it. And and now these referees are getting to the point to where they're they're damn near ready to take a point deduction and give up. Um, give up position if you hit in the back of the head now and it's getting that serious because people are getting away with these headshots in the back because like, oh, it's just one shot i'm gonna come back here again in the next like you know four seconds after i after i hammer him in the rib i'm gonna hit him in the back of the head again no you can't you don't get no more warnings is what they're going to be doing now is what they're doing you hit in the back of the head you're either gonna get disqualified <clears throat> so i'm just excited to see what's going to happen on that but the um the cage grabbing thing i understand the referee gets gets put in situations where he hears he hears the coaches, but he's not concerned with the coaches. He's concerned with the fighters. That's his soul. He is God in that cage, and he is his sole purpose is to protect those fighters at all costs. And if they're sticking their fingers in the cage and they're cheating, then then it needs to be called. And he missed it a couple times, but then when he finally called it, he saw it twice, warned him, got out of the second time. You know, this is after a couple times, but then. When Chris was over in the corner of his opponent, of, the, of one of the fighters' opponents, of course the uh, the 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 coaches are going to yell, "Hey, his fingers in the cage!" and they're not yelling it. However, people in the audience are yelling it, and I hate doing this, but Chris Bond does every just damn near every one of our matches. So this is the one we got to highlight again, man. When you are listening to the crowd and you hear somebody in the crowd say he's grabbing the cage, you do you cannot react on that. You cannot react on that. And I said something, Casey said, and I apologized to the team who, uh, you know, that was sitting next to me. And I was like, I'm sorry I interrupted. It just really bothered me that the the audience was like, you know, having a fair say share of what the uh, what the referee's decision is going to be. You know, and he almost got another point deducted because he was grabbing the cage and he wasn't grabbing the cage at that point in time. And that really bothered me. I think that, you know, fans should stay, you know, you know, if they're going to be spectators, you know, remain fans and be spectators. Keep your mouth shut and uh, stay out of it. You know, that's the way it is in baseball. You can get tossed from the from the stands. And um, uh, but I did learn my lesson. that I will never speak ever again during a uh, during during a fight or put my two cents in. If I don't have a fighter in the cage, I had no business saying anything. And it's not a big deal. Nobody said anything about me. But when I said something it did render and change the decision of chris bond not calling that point because i yelled no he doesn't and you know chris respects me and believes me so he did he let the fight keep going but it, you know i just didn't like that uh but, biggest winner greg i've that. done it too though man i, well, I don't mean to cut you off but i've done it too i mean it's natural you're sitting there and i've, I've same thing i've heard a coach say he's grabbing a cage and i'm looking at it and going no he's not he's 
he's dragging his palm across it, but like, yeah. no, he's not. It's it's natural, man. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, I'll, I'll interject here and I'll say, you know, I, I as cage side observers or fans or whatever, I mean. I think that you can react how you want to react. I feel like the official has to be held to the higher standard to put all that stuff in the rearview mirror and and focus on what he's got to focus on. You know, the the official is uh, it's a not a glamorous job and a very thankless job, and they get ran through the ringer, man. But they're held to a higher standard, in my opinion. Go ahead, I apologize. No, we're good. I I just uh, I, I mean I, he should be held to a higher standard. And like, you know, by God, I'm proud of him, man. He's doing a great job, you know, with uh, with the big load he's had, you know, to carry and and uh, you know, and Caleb Miller jumping in to uh to start doing it. He's doing a fantastic job too. But you know, there's always gonna be, you know, you know, a million, you know, that of boys, but you get that one screw up, man, and you know, people remember that. So just uh like Justin has said before, you either, you know, you do your job or you you suck at what you do, you know. And uh but Chris doesn't suck at what he does, he's good at it. I just wanted to say that um it's just uh, the back of the head shots have got to be acknowledged and the cage grabbing and the, uh, the everybody else chiming in the audience, people cage side who are not involved in the fight need to, you know, kind of sit back and just let the, 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 the referee, you know, the official do, do his thing. Justin, wrap us up on this round. Yeah, man. <clears throat> uh, some great fights. <clears throat> everybody kind of touched on it already. Robbie ring looked fantastic. Um, the Morgan Hickam, that was like, you guys said, I was judging it and, uh, super difficult to judge, but those girls both, you know, were in there to win and gave it all that they had, and it was fun to watch. Um, Scotty Stockman was super impressive. Like everybody said, the wrestling was dominant. His striking was on point um, and, and got that third-round finish. I was really looking forward to that fight because I knew that both of those guys were were, were high-level and, and it was going to be a high-level competition, and that's what we got for almost three full rounds, you know, got finished right there at the end. Um, and then the, the last minute pool, man, that was a, that was a wild one. You know, we had somebody else that was considered not coming out, uh, in that same section and had both of them pulled. That would have been, uh, real crazy, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I've heard about people, uh, getting anxiety and pulling, you know, right before the fight. Um, and it, you know, some, for some people that anxiety is just too much to handle, I guess. Um, yeah, but, it just happened at the UFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you just—I don't know, man. It, it's a—it's uh, hard, you know. I have really bad anxiety in general, and when I was competing, I was about to have a panic attack every time I went in there. But there was no way that I wasn't going to go in there, you know. Like that would have been way worse than even losing. And um, so I don't know how, you know, different people are different. But uh, for that segment, everybody hit uh, the TKO on ring. Uh, the decision for Hickman, Torres got the Stockman TKO. So that'll bring us into round number three. That is, uh, we get into the meat and potatoes of this card, uh, the uh, top half of the pro card. We're going to go over uh, three fights, and then we're going to give rounds uh, four and five to uh, their own uh, for the co-main and the main. But uh, round three, we have uh, starting off here, we, we had uh, Mike Wilson uh, defeating Garrett Sharp. In uh, uh, with an arm bar in uh, round number two, late in round number two, very good first round back and forth. A lot, just a grappling, uh, grappler's delight here. Lots of transitions, lots of submission attempts. Um, you know, but uh, but Mike Wilson pulls uh, pulls it off in the second round, gets his first pro win. We talked about him being a very deceptive 0 and 2, and we knew how tough he was. And uh, hands Gary Sharp his, uh, Sharp his first loss in a moment. 
Sharp, I'm sure, will bounce back. He's a young buck still. It'll be very interesting to see how he bounces back. That's one thing I'll have my eye on next time is to see what he looks like coming off of, of a loss like this. Um, uh, Alexander Ballou over Christina Adcock, second round TKO with about 25 seconds left to go in the second round. There was just a savage elbow off of the break that definitely affected uh, Christina. The first round was great. It was really back and forth. I had Christina win in the first round. Uh, second round, her eye was starting to swell pretty good, but and it looked bad, but she was still fighting through it very well. I thought the second round was very close. I I would. It was up for grabs, in my opinion. Maybe leaning blue in the second round, uh, but then that elbow put um, put all doubts uh, to rest because it didn't matter. Uh, we ended up having a stoppage. Caleb Miller steps in and stops him standing. Uh, she never went down, but she was just. It was just like I've never seen her just like kind of turn away like that because uh, uh, Christina is just known for being uh, you know just a, a warrior. She was already you know kind of busted up for that whole round and. And was fighting like she typically does, coming forward and showing that grit and that heart. So when she kind of, uh, you know, showed uh, showed that blow like that, I I I thought it was a good stoppage, even though she never went down. She she was definitely uh, hurt, and I'm curious to know how she is if she if that was like a orbital uh, break or whatever. I, I saw her post on Facebook today, and she didn't mention that. Uh, but great win uh, for Alexander Ballou, man. That elbow was savage, uh, and they they said in the corner, you know, and she comes all the way from Bristol, Connecticut. Um, you know, we work on that all the time. And so a uh, great win for her. She moves to two and one. <coughs> and then our feature bout, and that'll be the last fight we cover on this round. Uh, Dre Miley, man, with a, a walk off, a, a, a knee to the head knockout in the first round, about halfway through the first round over Tim Estruth, who uh, uh, was coming in off the big win over Cole Farrell. So uh, this is a war. Both guys were throwing early, uh, landing their fair share. But Dre just, man, this, uh, I said it already. This is kind of that. That win he needed over, uh, you know, a, a solid on the level, uh, you know, top level opponent. Uh, to, you know, that's the one thing that he had lacked. I, he fought tough guys and but had, you know, would lo- lose decisions or whatever. Um, but so this was his first like win over a guy that was like, OK, yeah, that's that is that's legit. So uh, I was proud of Dre Miley that night. Tim S. Truth always uh, goes out on his shield to win or lose, man. This guy comes forward and throws. He, and I don't think he's done yet. So uh, congrats to both these guys. Congrats to Dre, man. Uh, just, a, just a huge win. Uh, I'll let Justin start us off this time. Man, I was super impressed with Mike Wilson. You know, obviously we've seen Garrett Sharp a lot through his amateur career and now as a pro. <clears throat> um, super slick on the ground and, you know, for, for Mike Wilson to go out there and submit him uh, was, you know, definitely made a statement. I think that Garrett will be back tougher than ever. Like you said, he is still a young buck, and uh, he's got a really good head on his shoulders. I don't think that he'll, he'll let it get to him too much. He'll turn that energy into, you know, training and focusing on uh, improving in those spots. Uh, but Mike Wilson uh, is a scary dude at one and two, man. Whoever draws him and doesn't know what they're getting themselves into, uh, they'll find out pretty quick. Um, Baloo and Adcock was crazy, man. That you know, Chris has shown that resilience time and time again. Um, and you know, the fight was going her way until, like you said, until that elbow landed. She had a nasty uh, hematoma underneath her eye, and then um, got caught with an elbow right in the nose. So um, Chris will be back. Baloo, you know, that was a big win for her. I feel like. Um, Chris is not an easy person to get out of there. So finishing her like that is making a statement. Um, and then man, that knee from Dre, it was, 
it was beautiful, man. He, you know, he had a beautiful fight leading up to it. And then uh, the first time that he saw the opportunity, he put the knee right to the forehead. And as truth went down, it was a good stoppage and a big win for Dre. Um, so that was, that was a real good sec- section of fights there. And uh, what's the standing or what the uh, the picks, I guess? Everybody uh, got the, uh, let's see. Everybody got the Dre Miley win. Hobbs and Torres got the or Hopkins and Torres got the TKO. Uh, everybody missed the other two. All right, uh, we'll go to Greg. All right, here's the start of what all the fights that what could have been the main event. You know, on any other show, any other all pro show, right, right here. Mike Wilson. You know, Justin said it himself, dude. Like once he got that, you know, reverse that triangle, reverse triangle over on a on uh, Garrett Sharp's head right there and was able to, like, you know, secure him and stop him from moving. Uh, you know, he was able to start finessing the ground game. And uh, I, I, I want to have, have Mike Wilson back. Like, I, I want to see him back in the Valor Cage, dude. Like, because uh, that guy, he, he's, he's a pretty tough kid, man. He's a real tough guy. And uh, I do want to see him fight. I don't know who I want to see him fight just yet. I, I mean, I, I know we got guys, all kinds of guys in that 55, 45 divisions down there, but – you know, last time we saw Garrett Sharp lose, he came back and he beat the guy that he that he lost to for the uh, 155 amateur title and Andrew Sturdivant. And Andrew Sturdivant still holds that title. Just won another one this weekend. So Garrett Sharp's a tough, tough, uh, tough out too. Uh, I want to see both of these guys back real soon. Uh, I don't think I don't think either one of them took a lot of damage. It was a good fight up to the uh, mid second round. Uh, uh, Baloo, man. Dude, just devastating elbows to Christina. I mean, just back to back, just ate them both. It was just good stoppage you know, by Caleb Miller jumping in right there. But I had Christina, you know, winning both rounds, uh, you know, at, at that point in time. But just, you know, I was waiting for Christina kept closing the distance and closing the distance, closing the distance. And I was waiting for Christina to throw, an, you know, an elbow herself or something. But Belou just jumped the gun and popped her twice saw an opening and just dropped her and like you guys said it's hard to it's hard to get christina out of there i've seen a lot like we we talked about it last week i mean she gets in dog fights i told you I, I, she was the main event that one Knoxville show was in amy she went in there with her hair you know all fridge braided up and it came out all tore all to hell like i mean she went through hell in that fight and she couldn't get put away but below did uh, uh this this next fight dre molly uh this is what i like to call your insta fan fight and uh, I say it's the fan fight with emphasis because I turned into a fanboy immediately. I don't know if you watched the actual knockout, but you could see me jump up cage side immediately. And just, just I mean, because I was, it was one of those moments. And when Dre dropped him, I was just, oh, I mean, I reached out for the high five and Dre gave it to me. And I felt that it was, I was like, man, I just turned into like insta fan and like fanboy for Dre Miley. Next thing you know, I'm adding his uh, Facebook uh, fight page, and I'm watching, looking at his Instagram. Seriously, man, like I became a fan of Dre Miley that night. I've always been a fan of him. You know, even when he fought my boy, uh, you know, Cody, you know, from Atlanta, when he fought him, I was still, you know, still a fan of Dre. You know, you know, went pulling for him there, but right here, I was pulling for him, and he got that signature knee. I mean, shit, that was dope. I mean, that was just that was the biggest surprise right there. And it was the best. I don't know. I loved it. Great performance by Dre. I can't wait. I, I want to see him make it to the next level. I want to see him get into Bellator somewhere. I want to see the some state commission give him something. Yeah, man. I got to agree with you there. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, wrap us up round four. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I'm embarrassed about, you know, 
judging a book by his cover, man, Mike Wilson, um, that, you know, you look at him, you're like, all right, dude's, you know, straight off of Sons of Anarchy. And, um, you know, again, that's embarrassing that, you know, we do this or I do this. And you look at a guy and you immediately, you know, uh, prejudge skill level. I'm big enough to admit that I did that. And he's got to be the biggest surprise as, as a whole off this card. Uh, for me, because the guy's got skills, man. Um, you know, so it's one of those times where you're, you're pleasantly surprised and glad, you know, you were you stand corrected. Um, it, it's a huge win for him. Uh, submission win on top of it against Garrett Sharp. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say, man. It's just, hats off to Mike Wilson. I, I'm the same way. I'd love to, to see him. Uh, I can't wait to see him fight again. And, you know, Mike's listening. Hey, there's a, there's a couple couple of uh, 155 fights uh, about mid-July in Nashville. If any of them drop off, we're, we're going to call you, my man. Um, the Ricker fight, I mean, hell yeah. You, you know, it's not a Ricker fight unless someone's busted up, bloodied, uh, and, and being helped out of the cage. You know, uh, That was a super close fight. It was good. Uh, both girls went to war. They were both, I mean, even the winner's standing in the cage, and I'm talking to her. Um, and she's just got blood in between all her teeth, uh, still trickling out her nose. I mean, other than the, the hematoma, uh, you know, under Chris's eye, if you looked at both of them, you, you know, you wouldn't have been sure who won and who lost uh, looking at them both. You know, the eye looked bad, but the more we kept looking at it, Kate's side, uh, oddly enough, it was not affecting her vision. Her eye was still open. There was still plenty of space there. Uh, that's why the doctor let it continue. And just like you guys have already said, she was winning until she wasn't winning. Uh, it was a brutal elbow. Uh, her back was to us at the commentary table. And kind of that just looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down. Didn't necessarily see it happen real time, uh, but just the thud and, like Tim said, the immediate just turtle up and, and turn away. You knew it was something brutal. Uh, but hats off to her. Um She's got nothing more to prove to anybody else. She's proved everything. She's proved her toughness. Uh, so, you know, uh, I hope she continues on for fans' sake because uh, we love watching her fight. But, like I said, for me personally, there's nothing else Christina Ricker needs to prove to me, man. She is great, a badass. Um, Dre Miley, he couldn't have happened to a better person. I think it's the best way I can think of Yes, it was a good win that he needed against a good, but to me, it was the exclamation point that he needed. Not necessarily who the opponent was or what that opponent's credentials were. It was that emphatic win. Bam. Drop. Fight over. It was that highlight reel. Uh, he's been missing that uh, in my eyes. was just that, that, that viral thing that can just be spread around and you know, look at this devastating knee type of clip. So that's what I was just more happy with was not the win over or, or who the win was over. It was him getting his superstar moment, you know, his knockout of the night, his oh shit moment, the, what everybody's talking about on Saturday morning uh, kind of moment for him. So that's what stood out to me. All right, that'll wrap us up for round number four. Rolling on into round number five, and that is the co-main event of um, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Was that, that was round number three? I'm, I apologize. Round number four is now. Round number four, our co-main event, uh, and it was one that uh, I was really looking forward to. Great fight. Uh, Peter Petty's comes in from Maryland, defeats Nick Gertz by a split decision in a war. Um, I thought it was fairly clear cut. The first and third rounds were Peter Petty's. I thought the second round was super, super close, negligible. I wouldn't have a problem either way. Uh, but I had a hard time seeing Nick get two rounds. Um and that was one where, um, man, uh, Petty's, as we knew, was going to be uh, such a good striker. We knew that uh, Gertz was, gonna, you know, going to be the grappler that could strike. But uh, you know, Petty's got the better of of the striking exchanges. Uh, Nick started to uh, it, to me, like, and he's done it before, and he's had success with it. But uh, very obviously, wanting to get to the ground by any means necessary. And uh, I think when you just spin too much of your rounds uh, in that kind of position, it shows, it doesn't show that you're winning the fight, you know? So, um, uh, Petty showed good fight IQ, man. He wasn't having it. He just wasn't having it. He made them stand him up every time, which is very smart because, um, you know, a guy that's not at, uh, with that kind of ring IQ will, will dive right into the danger zone there as, uh, Gertz will always present. So, uh, you know, great win for Petty's. He moves to nine and six. This guy's on the level, man. He needs to be on the big show. Hope he gets a call up. Uh, Gertz drops to 10 and four, still a great record, still young in the game. Uh, lots of potential still could get that call up. I'm going to be uh, curious to see, um, how he bounces back as well. You know, how he reacts to this loss. Um, and, uh, and if it, and if he adjusts his games, his plan, his game plan, or his, his fighting, no, say his fighting style, but, um, I, I don't know really what I'm trying to say here beyond just if he if he kind of like learns from this and adjusts moving forward. Uh, we'll go to Greg to start. This fight right here, the mirror, the, the title aside would have been the main event with uh, Pettis and Gert. But, man, that was a hell of a fight. And that was one of those one of those fights where when they both got in the cage, you could feel the it, even like the like, you know, when you when you're watching the UFC fight. Uh, even a UFC main event, you get that little feelings like, oh, shit, like something's about to go down. We're about to get a very special treat. And we did. We did get a very special treat. We had um, we had Peter, you know, having a very, very solid uh, uh, ring IQ, cage IQ, you know, fight IQ, going in there, not going to Nick Gertz's uh, ground game, not wanting to play his game, getting him to stand up, holding him at bay. And then you got to see Gertz, you know, trying everything he could to pull that ground game. He had his – he had his uh, – he had his – at in the uh, in the end of the third, and was trying to pull something off, but you know it was just a little too late. But uh, Nick Gertz always entertaining. Peter always entertaining. Uh, is legit. The winner of that fight, I thought was, I still think is going to get an eventual call. Peter's been all kinds of everywhere. Bellator, uh, PFL. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. You know, this fall in the contender series. You know, and Nick Gertz. Uh, I don't think we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, a whole big difference. Nick's got a great, uh, you know, a great, uh, a great career right now. I just uh, and I and I love listening to him talk shit to the fans out in the crowd. Whenever uh, you, know, you can hear, you know, Peter Spencer, he's hurt. Nick, he's hurt. And Nick just kind of turns and I ain't hurt. And then you get that that reaction from a crowd. You know, everybody loves that. You know, uh, so you know, not only did those two get the. Fun- but they interacted with the crowd and it brought everybody in. So it was just that stood out to me right there. The uh, hell of a fight, man. And, uh, you know, and Peter got that. Peter won that fight, you know, uh, by a split decision. And I agree on it. But uh, hell 
hell of a fight right there it was i i want to see uh i want to see nick gers back Uh, i want to see him at you know at 145 though you know i want to see him getting getting that call down there and i I wouldn't mind seeing peter move on to you know big the big platform now all right justin you were uh you were one of the judges on this uh this fight uh tell us how you saw it yeah um you know super interesting fight obviously uh kind of a a battle of styles um Petty's is, like you said, had the fantastic striking. The thing of it was, I mean, Nick got stuck very, very hard in the first round, got dropped. When I saw that Petty's didn't dive in right then to try to finish the fight, I kind of knew, okay, this guy has done his homework. He's, you know, it doesn't matter really how bad Nick Gertz is hurt. You dive in like that, trying to throw shots, he's going to armbar you, triangle you. Uh, you know, he's going to get you out of there pretty quick. And so when I saw that level of, um, of IQ on Petty's, I knew we were in for a fun fight, and like you guys said, ultimately, you know, Nick just couldn't get it to the ground. Um, he kind of was relying on on Petty's to come into that position, and he, you know, he may have still been kind of out of it from the first round. Who knows? But that obviously wasn't working. So at that point, he, you know, who am I to tell Nick Gertz what the fuck to do? But um, you know, he needed to try to figure out a different way to get the get the fight to the mat. At that point, um, I had all three rounds for Petty's. I thought, you know, with when with Nick, the thing about Nick trying to get the fight to the ground that way is that you see that the fight is happening on the feet. He's obviously not winning, so he's trying to avoid that at all costs. So the longer that he's on the ground trying to butt scoot and Petty's is telling him to get up, you know, he, he's definitely not winning that portion of the fight. That that in my eyes, he's you know conceding that he is losing the stand up and that he wants it to be somewhere else. So um, I'm not sure uh, how that how someone got that one. Uh, for Nick, uh, but I think he'll bounce back, man. You know, it's, you know, Nick, Nick is a special kid. I think he's got a lot of talent and, um, his striking is a lot better than, than he showed us that night, I think. But, uh, but Petty sits hard, man. His boxing was on point. His kicks were good. Um, and you know, you, you're liable to see him on a big stage anytime soon. So, um, but again, just, just same with like Garrett Sharp, you know, I, I think that this will just make Nick even better, more hungry. Um, you know, he's not been that active over the last few years. So, uh, that, that obviously plays a factor into it as well. All of our, uh, panelists had Gertz on that one. So everybody wrong. All right. And, uh, Hobbs, are we in any better spot for you now, um, by chance or where, where are you, where are you at? Yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, what's your take on this uh, co-main event, Jeff? Uh, co-main, you know, I, you know, definitely, um, you know, it was exciting. Two high-level guys, man. You know, I, I definitely think uh, Petty's, you know, deservedly won the the fight in the first and third round. I knew the second was close, and probably wouldn't have been uh, mad either way on the on the second round score. But uh, um, you know. The only thing that, you know, and I know everybody's talked about, you know, staying staying out of, uh, you know, off the ground with, with Gertz, but, you know, a part of me also, you know, did think, you know, when he had him hurt like that, you know, I think he may have, I, I felt like, man, you should probably attempt to, to stay down there for a second, see if you can finish this thing, because he was hurt. And I, I mean, I dare say he was hurt pretty decently, um, but... The more time and the more seconds that, that ticked by that we played the, you know, the down-up game, the down-up game, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot, but there was a lot of time that went by playing that game, and it, it ultimately 
uh, you know, I don't think Petty's played that game well because he stayed in that new that 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 area in that zone where it was uncomfortable for the referee to know what to do. He was close enough to where he wouldn't stand guards up, but he wouldn't back up enough to definitely show that he wanted him up. So there was a lot of time of stall of stalling, trying to figure out what the hell are we doing? Are we standing? Are we going down or not? If he just would have backed up immediately, far back, let the ref know, stand him up. Uh, you know, I think he gave him too much time to get the cobwebs, you know, shaken out. And uh, you know, possibly if he would have attempted a little ground and pound, he, he may have gotten Gertz out of there. But he was smart. He had a he had a good game plan um, and good strategy, and he stuck with it regardless. Uh, and it paid off because um, he won the fight unanimously. Um, you know, for and you know, we all know Gert's game and his, his, his thing is uh, submissions uh, and, and grappling. But Jesus Christ, that dude sweats profusely quickly. Um, so it's at some certain point, man. It was just you almost just knew. Even if he gets his hands on them, they are so uh, you know wet right now in, in perspiration and. You know, a couple of times that he finally did get a hold of an ankle or a calf trying to pull him in, he just slipped right off of him. So it was going to be hard, uh, you know, pretty quickly there to, uh, to lock anything up. You know, with Gertz, uh, he's an exciting guy, man, and he's going to put on a show whether you like him, you don't like him, you're booing him, he's talking to you regardless. Um, I just think, man, his record is still so big, you know. Uh, it's going to be tough to find local guys that are willing to jump in there with him. Uh, he's still got a big record. I think, I mean, I just feel like if he got another, if he got another quick win uh, at 11 and four, you know, I still just really, you know, I know it's hard to do things off of a loss. So that's why I'm saying if he gets another win, I think he's still got one of those type of records and, and kind of, uh, you know, histories that, you know, you should see him on an LFA or something, you know, uh, get a, a national television shot, you know, on a, on a card like that. LFA doesn't always sign guys to long-term deals, and you know, I'm, you know, maybe giving them a one-shot deal there. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I hope the, the, that he sticks around. And we get to see a little more, but I still think he's got a good enough and big enough record that he, he can't be far away just because of this one loss. I would have to agree, especially considering just. Who is who? Petty's is definitely going to be well-respected, I think, in any top uh, organization's eyes. Uh, main event, let's move on then to round number five for real now. This is main event from VFC 83 for the 155 Professional Championship. Demir, the Bosnian barn cat for Begovic, uh, defends that championship with a second round TKO, 22 seconds in over Nasty Nate Williams. Both guys had... Uh, their moments in the first round, um, second round, uh, it wasn't much to it as uh, Demir uh, attacked uh, quickly and, and and put a barrage of punches on uh, Williams to put him down and out. A uh, little bit of um, I, Nate wasn't happy, I guess. After there was a there was a uh, a punch, I guess, that landed after the bell of the first round. Um, it was it was kind of one of those situations, in my opinion, that he was kind of like in the process of just like you know throwing when the when the 
when the uh, bell struck. So it, I didn't feel like it was like super egregious, but I think we, we may get a potential appeal of sorts out of that. I don't know how far it'll go. Uh, but ultimately, Demir, man, looked, uh, looked great. Um, just, uh, that killer instinct uh, is uh, at any time liable to come out. And uh, it happened early in the second round. He moves to five and two. Uh, he's got good management. So uh, hopefully we'll see him uh, move on to a contender series or, or something along those lines. Uh, Jeff, I'll let you lead us off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember the punch. Um, I think McGrassman and Straws here, if that's really what we're, you know, uh, if that's what Nate is um, grasping for, holding on to. I mean, yes, the punch was thrown and it was probably a little late, but it's not like it was a devastating fight-ending uh, type punch. It was probably more of a douche move uh, punch. I'm not saying it was, but I'm saying it would be one of those if it were me, like, all right, Prick, you know, that was after the bell. Not not a, oh, my God, I'm hurt, I'm staggered type of a, a, a punch. So, and Greg will, obviously, Greg will give him some advice. I'll give him some advice if he wants on what's going to happen with appeals. And, you know, it's not going to happen, bro, and it's not going to happen because of that. Uh, there's nothing to appeal to. There's absolutely zero. So, don't waste your time, buddy. Um, but, like I said, man, it's uh, – Demir is, he's on another level, and uh, he's got that killer instinct. He's got that just uh, ruthless and that aggressive nature about him, and uh, everything he throws, he throws with bad intentions, and uh, it's everything I expected, you know, from Demir. Um, you know, without without me sounding like a dick or a douche, I, I mean, I expected it to be uh, a tougher, closer fight, and that is no knock on Nate Williams. It's, it, it's a compliment to Demir that he took a, a really high-level opponent uh, that, by all intended purposes, um, should have been or could have been an all-out war for five rounds and, and a seesaw back and forth. And he made it look like an easy night of work, an easy night at the office. So, um, again, what is, it, what is he now, five and two? It uh, doesn't seem like a large record, but when you look at his body of work and who all is on that record, uh, I, I just I, I couldn't imagine uh, if, if I was managing him. Uh, you know, I would dare someone tell me why he's not ready. All right, uh, Greg. Yeah, I gotta agree with both of you guys. I mean, like you know, Demir gets in there. He said, he said, you know, it's. It's all business when he gets in the cage. He doesn't have any hard feelings with anybody at all. It's all business when he steps in there. And, you know, business is booming with him because when that guy punches, he's punching through people. He's trying to kill people when he hits them. That's the difference. Some of these guys are fighting to win. He's fighting, you know, to save his life because he, he, he sees the future in this and he knows he's good at what he's doing. I mean, I, I would you guys say it would be stupid to say we don't see him at Valor again? I mean, like. He's got that, like you just said, he's got that career that uh, that um, that resume of fighters on his on his record. I just, uh, I think he's almost got to be just, uh, you know, just you know, not disappointed in himself, but you know, just uh, or, or discouraged, just maybe even pissed off that he hasn't even got a, you know, got that opportunity yet. I mean, that may change within the year, but uh, I mean, Barncat, man, he's just uh, he's had. Shoulder, head and shoulders above amongst the 155 division here at Valor, and uh, I think he gets the call soon. I think he deserves it. If he doesn't, I don't know who we put him against. You know, um, with that being said, you know, I hope we do get to see him move on. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I'd love to see him in the Valor cage again, but he's just dude's ready. You know. 
Justin, wrap us up on round number five, your take on this main event, and then our point standings to end. Demir's a monster, man. Uh, if I was going to say anything about this, I would like to see a fight between Demir and Greg Hopkins. I think Greg should go down to 55 and challenge for Demir's belt if, uh-huh. if, if both those guys are going to stick around. <laughs> That's a fight right there. Dude, That's that a is fight. a banger. Um, that is a but, fight. But, man, that's, you know, somebody's definitely going to sleep on that one. Like I said, Demir's a monster, man. He's got that killer instinct. His two losses, like we've talked about before, to, you know, top-level guys in the UFC. and Well, not top-level in the UFC, but they're in the UFC. And, um, you know, on any given night, he beats those guys. I, I think he beats those guys seven out of ten times, probably. He just happened to lose the, the, the one night that they fought. Um, so I look forward to seeing, seeing what's next for Demir, though. I hope I get to see him fight live at least one more time. Uh, but that's that's just a selfish part of me because I like the violence. Um, so everybody picked Demir on that one. Hobbs and Greg got the TKO. Hobbs wins the week for the first time, I think, ever. 24 points, followed by Torres with 19. <laughs> and, dang. And Greg with 18. So that's Greg's still, Greg's still our leader. <laughs> Greg's what's, our cur- what's the total? Greg is at 179, Torres is at 173, and Hobbs is at 168. Oh, wow. Okay. Another uh, another week like that, and Hobbs can catch up. I like it. Yep. Um, all right. And that'll wrap up uh, That'll wrap up round number uh, five. We'll go on into round number six, and uh, we've got Primal Combat number three coming up this weekend in Lebanon uh, over in Middle Tennessee. Tyler, Com- uh, Tyler Edwards' Primal Combat show that's at the mill. Anybody wants to check it out, I think uh, tickets are at Fighter Ticks for the next.com as well. And uh, they do their pay per view on combatcast.tv. Um, it looks like uh, all amateur offering here, gentlemen. Uh, just top of the card, I'll run down just the, the top few fights here. Um, uh, we're not going to do like a picks panel or anything like that, but just overall takes on uh, on uh, this show, I guess, more or less. Main event uh, for the 155 title. Uh, Carter Beekman uh, will uh, uh, drop back down to 155 after relinquishing the 170 Valor title um, to Samaj Portis. Uh, he'll be taking on Tim Carraway, a guy that uh, has had all of his fights with us. He uh, comes from Clarksville. Uh, he's undefeated right now uh, at, uh, at 2-0. He is, uh, he's a tough guy. Uh, he, he beat, um, he beat uh, Justice Bumpus last time out on, uh, on one of our cards in the fall. Uh, so that'll be a fun fight. Uh, this is the return of Aaron Terrell. If you guys, uh, old school heads, remember him. He fought for us back in the day on a few Nashville cards. Uh, old school guardian guy, uh, 205, a guy that uh, maybe a nice little uh, test for Torres Finney down the road. Uh, but he's he's been on uh, he's been out for a few years, so he'll be taking on uh, Todd Steele, uh, Dustin Whitmore, a guy that we have seen uh, on both of the first Primal uh, cards as well as uh, on Valor as well. He, he fought kickboxing against KJ Franklin last time out, but now. Now he's back on Primal doing MMA against Spencer Brandon. That'll be a fun fight. Spencer Brandon um, from Legion, and he is always in in wars. That'll actually that'll actually be a really good fight. Um, also, uh, the return of Jesse Brown uh, after his star making performance last time out at Primal Combat Two with a come from behind victory over a big old dude, heavyweight dude from uh, Texas. He had the fans just 
chanting his name, and he's coming back. He's going to be taking on the the always tough Antonio Holt from Slow Mo Boyd's uh, group down there in Atlanta, the Boyd brothers. Uh, and Antonio Owen uh, too, but he, he's a he's a deceptive Owen too. He's a tough guy. Um, and so I actually am looking forward to that fight. And then we're going to have our um, a quartet bout in the cage. Uh, we've got a four on four quartet bout between uh, Corey Robeson's Team Phoenix out of Hermitage taking on a group from Guardian, the home gym, Team Guardian. Uh, plus one, three guardians and a Josh Maynard. Uh, we'll go around the horn here. Uh, we'll start with you, Justin, since I don't guess you're going to be able to be there. But uh, any of this uh, stand out as uh, anything intriguing? Yeah, I won't be able to make the trip, but I'll be watching the pay-per-view. Um, the the quartet match in the cage is going to be very interesting uh, to see. I don't know. I guess you guys have already got it lined up with how they're going to enter the cage or if they're all going to be in there the whole time. Or uh, I guess they'll just come in. Like, well, they'll stay outside the cage, yeah, and then we right. have the minute. We have the minute in between, yeah. so we have time to kind of shuffle them around. That'll be interesting. I mean, you know, the cage presents different problems, and in, in you know, the, it's not just an open floor. Um, makes some of the escaping a little more difficult. Uh, makes some of the submissions more difficult if you get pinned up against the cage. You know, trying to lock something in. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. Carter Beekman and Tim Caraway, I think, will probably be a great fight. Um, both, like you said, both these guys come to bang, and um, somebody probably goes to sleep there. A couple big boys on the card, a couple big big, big boy fights on the card, I guess I should say. Uh, so probably see a lot of knockouts. I'm looking forward to the event, though, just the, the third show that Tyler's put on. Um, he's, you know, picking it up every time and uh, getting better as he goes, and it's fun to watch promotions like this come up. Great. Yeah, TM Caraway versus Carter Beekman. That's for the title. I'm excited to see that. I, I don't know how much longer, you know, and I know Carter Beekman, you know, he, he's a, you know, you say he relinquished the 55 title or he lost it? He, he lose that? The 70 title. He lost it to Samaj Porter, so he's dropping back to 55. Okay, so, you know, coming down to 55 and stuff, I can't, I can't, I got to venture to say that you might see Carter after this fight via, if he wins that title, I could see him maybe defending it one time for primal and then making that step to the pros being that he wins if he loses i think he goes back to the drawing board but either way these both of these guys uh, are finishers they're going for the knockout you're not going to see uh you're not going to see a uh, decision on that fight somebody will get somebody will get stopped uh, antonio Holt, man i know that he's had you know three fights against uh three teammates of mine two being uh mma and one being uh, one being kickboxing and uh, Muay Thai kickboxing. And, uh, dude, I think Antonio Holt is just, like, making spurts and just – he hasn't plateaued. He just keeps getting better and better. And the guy doesn't turn nothing down but his collar for anybody. So, against Jesse Brown, uh, Jesse's usually the type of guy that likes to weather the storm and then come in there and try to finish. With this, I don't know, man. Antonio Holt's storm is pretty – it's pretty strong, man, and Jesse, uh, Jesse's that guy. I'm, I'm excited to see that. I don't know who wins. You know, any of these fights, Aaron Terrell and Todd Steele. Uh, you know, we got. You said we got some big boy fights, so I don't. I think we see a lot of finishes here too. And uh, I know that we've been moving a lot of our um, uh, jujitsu towards the Hydra Cup, and and uh, and leave, and we kind of leave it there. But I, I kind of like seeing the quart- the quartet right here with the cage in play because, like Justin said, that does that renders a lot more problems if you get against the wall you know and you have to stand up you know you you know you're able to if you if you don't want to go out of bounds and have you there's no restarting it 
you know, you get stuck in a situation, you're stuck there. You can't go out of bounds. Like the cage stops everything. Uh, going to be an awesome missile. Uh, you know, we don't get to see the Chance Gilbride in this one or, or the Emilio like we really wanted to see. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, but we're going to get to see a lot of new bloods. These are all Amy's. They're all going to go for broke. This is some of the best spots you're going to get to see. And uh, obviously the best spots in Tennessee anywhere around that weekend. So uh, be sure to come out there and watch them, guys. Hobbs, wrap us up on round six. Yeah, how many fights total? I mean, uh, we got 12, 12 fights. Yeah, well, eleven fights in in the quartet. Eleven fights. Okay. Um, man, I, I guess I mean Beekman's always fun to watch. Uh, so you know, I think that kind of goes without saying because um, uh, he always just puts on a show and he's on a card. I mean, damn, he better be somebody that you're looking forward to. But for me personally, man, it's that uh, that Holden Brown fight, man. For me. Just remembering that kind of uh, passion that Brown's uh, fans had and, and crowd had, and like Greg said, man, I don't care what Holt's record he is. I mean, that's just a it's a tough dude, man, and he's getting better and better. His performances at the uh, you know Cortez, the Hydra Cups, uh, have, have been impressive and surprising, and uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a fight uh, and a back and forth, and I think it's going to deliver the same way that that Brown's last fight did. So. I'm excited about that. And, um, you know, where is the uh, quartet fight uh, at on the card? It is um, it, it is it is going to be uh, coming out of intermission for the last set. OK. Um, and, I'm, and I'm happy for that. I didn't want it to kind of get uh, lost or or disregarded opening opening the show. Right. Uh, yes. Likewise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think what happens is, you know, when we put grappling matches or when you see you know, even professional grappling matches on an MMA card, um, you know, we put those on for the enthusiasts uh, and they really enjoy them. And But I fear sometimes that the average fan in the crowd doesn't enjoy them as much and they just look at them as, oh man, 10 minutes of, of this, you know. And But I think this is going to change people's minds. I think this will change the way they look at, at the grappling matches. Uh, so I, I think... I think the quartet is a good a good thing for this car because it's going to um, it's going to draw a lot of you know I guess the uh, the lay person or the common uh, you know fan who really isn't into the chess uh, chess matches of, of jujitsu uh, so I you know it's really I'm really happy that it's on there and I think it's going to do I think it's going to be an integral piece of the card actually. Yeah, likewise, just to, to finish off this round, uh, I, I, I really am curious to see how this goes over, A, in the cage, and B, in front of this type of crowd. Because while the Hydro Cup crowds have been nice, they're still a, you know, a smaller, more intimate uh, setting without all the, the walkouts and, and all that stuff. So um, I think that this will put a little more, even more energy into it, um, and, uh, and hopefully the crowd likes it. I think they will. With the, with the quartets, there's a whole other uh, kind of level of, um, of strategy involved that can make a draw the as exciting as a draw can be, I suppose, is the best way to put it. I, I think, too, the ability, you know, having, you know, is Chandler uh, announcing. I, I think if you also get the announcer involved really, you know, a lot in this match and explaining what's going on while it's going on to the crowd, I mean, if I were him, I would take that microphone and go around and actually, like, interview and talk to the teammates, you know, outside of the cage. While oh, that could be cool. On. 
you know, like who wants in next, you know, or, you know, you can really have some fun with this with a, with a, with a live crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. That, uh, that's a good idea, man. Really? Uh, I don't know how, like how these particular teams will take to that, but I think there are teams out there that would really enjoy that aspect. Uh, moving on round number seven, and we've got the return of the UFC this weekend, uh, round seven and eight will be devoted to that round seven will be the undercard. Uh, we'll run it down this card. Uh, Drew Dover, Brad Riddell. That looks like a, a fairly uh, entertaining fight, I'm sure. Eric Anders and Darren Stewart's rematch. Uh, that Anders got disqualified for uh, kneeing Stewart to the head the first time is one of those. And it just happened after the Peter Young one. So, like, I recall, like, rolling my eyes like, oh, gosh, of all the times, you know. Joanne Calderwood, Lauren Murphy probably uh, has – implications i guess uh i don't i guess the winner of this is probably in line for a title fight to their own detriment most likely frank camacho matt frivola has been uh, oh no frivola has been replaced by terrence mckinney man frivola camacho would have been a war though uh chase hooper returns after his uh last outing which was disastrous against steven peterson luigi vendramini versus Ferezion. we'll go to jeff first yeah, uh, big Drew Dover fan, so I'm excited. I always watching him compete. Um, uh, you know, I'll keep mine short and sweet. I do definitely uh, feel that that Calderwood uh, fight is a, a contender type fight, uh, an eliminator fight. I know Calderwood's management uh, is definitely uh, selling uh, this fight as such, and they're pushing for it and they're speaking about it. Um, with the intent that if Joanna, you know, wins, uh, that that is what's next for her. Um, so that, uh, you know, that's, that's interesting to me. Uh, you said if Frivola's out? Frivola is out. Yeah, he's been replaced by Terrence McKinney. Man, okay. Well, shit. Um, okay. Well, I just don't have anything to talk about there with that one. Uh, little Asker and Chase Hooper. Uh uh, interested to see what he brings to the table uh, in this fight. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's about it for me. I mean, those are the ones that kind of stand out for me. Justin? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Drew Dober is a great play. Um, I think stylistically, you know, he's at, at minus 140. Brad Riddell is obviously a striker. Drew Dober has good striking, and, and he's going to be leaps and bounds uh, ahead of him in the wrestling department. Um, so I think that's that's probably a pretty good play. Um, I like Joanne Calderwood in her fight. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. Laura Murphy's just you know gritty and and been around for a while, so she pulls pulls them out of her ass sometimes. But um, I like JoJo in that fight. Uh, and then um, I'm looking forward to the uh, Hakeem Dawadu and and Evola fight. You know Dawadu is kind of a, a hot prospect and um, coming in at almost a two to one underdog. Uh, I think he'll he'll be coming out there trying to show something special, but um, Evil Ev is a is a special special talent, so it'll be a tough fight. But I think that will do. will come prepared. Greg, wrap us up on round seven undercard. Uh, uh, just quick, I like I'll just give y'all straight up. I like Dober. I like to take the. Uh, uh, fight does not go the distance in the honors and Stewart fight. Just from the uh, naked eye, I like. Seeing Calderwood win that fight, and uh, uh, no, no move on the Hakeem and uh, Evolov fight. I gotta say, um, it, after I like that uh, fight does not go the distance. Play on on Anders and Stewart. If they fight anything like they fought in the first fight, they're both going to go balls to the walls, and they're both going to gas. <laughs> so, uh, 
So I, I like that play a lot. And I actually like Justin's play as well of the uh, the uh, Drew Dober fight. I think that Drew Dober is much more well-rounded than Brad Riddell. Riddell's got great striking. But you, you get uh, value on Dober because uh, people love to bet on the city kickboxing guys. So uh, I like Dober as well. Round eight, final round of the evening, gentlemen. Uh, UFC 263 main card pay-per-view headlined uh, by two title fights, middleweight championship up for grabs in the main event. Uh, Israel Adesanya defends in a rematch against Marvin Vittori. we got the flyweight title on the line, Davidson Figueredo in a uh, rematch with Brandon Moreno. Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz. Man, so that's three real real solid ones. And then rounded out by Damian Maya, Bilal Muhammad, and Paul Craig. Uh, the Bear Jew takes on Jamal Hill, who uh, beat OSP last time out. Uh, we will start this time with, uh, Greg. Yeah, I, I forgot. I was thinking that seven was just the prelims. I wanted to touch base on Chase Hooper real quick. Uh, last time we seen Chase Hooper out and fight, you know, we, we, you know, he stacked up against, uh, the, the jobbers good, but when it came to fighting a vet, you know, uh, who is that that he fought? Bruce Leroy? Caceres. Yeah. He fought Caceres. He got picked apart. He couldn't get him. He couldn't get him down and it was completely exposed as very one dimensional. Couldn't do nothing. Nice. Steven Peterson also has a loss to uh, uh, to Casteris too, so that makes that fight interesting. However, uh, Tim, me and you, you know, me and you talk about this. Uh, all these uh, new up and comers facing all these, uh, you know, longtime vets uh, who've got a lot of experience under them. They're not showing. They're not showing out. These, uh, these. Uh, so I don't know what the odds are. I would say that Steven Peterson is probably a favorite. I have not looked. Uh, I would say he's a favorite for that reason and that reason only, but uh, that that fight, kind of fight I think maybe does go to this because Steven Peterson's never lost by submission, and I don't think Chase Hooper's knock knocks him out. Uh, so I could probably possibly see the fight goes the distance on that fight right there. Uh, going on to round eight, I'm moved to that one. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, Adesanya. I think he lost a lot of value on his name whenever he moved up to lightweight to fight. Uh, speaking of, you know, with that being said, I still think he beats Marvin Vittori. I don't think, uh, I think he beats Marvin. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, we'll just, we'll watch that when I'm not as excited about it. Uh, I'm just not. Um, uh, Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. Figueredo's uh, thinking he's going to knock Moreno out this time because he said last time he wasn't 100%, but this time he said he's going to knock Moreno out. Uh, however, I don't, I mean, Brandon Moreno's hard to got to get out of there. So, uh, I would probably venture to say that one doesn't go the distance either because I know those little guys are going to be banging. That's the most exciting 125 bout that I can tell you I'm like that I'm excited to look forward to see in a long time. Uh, Nate Diaz uh, needs to uh, do something else right now. Um, Leon Edwards, I think, is going to put it on him. You may even see Nate. I don't think we see Nate get finished, but I see the 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 doctor stepping in and stopping this because of a really bad cut above his eye. Uh, Damian Maia against Bilal uh, Muhammad. Isn't isn't Muhammad a black belt too? You know he's not a twenty five degree black belt like Maya is, but I mean that's yeah. just a fight. If it goes to the ground, it's a very interesting fight, and you could I would I, I bet Maya is a huge underdog, but I'd sprinkle a little bit on him to win by submission uh, by any means if he's able to. But uh, I, I got Bilal Muhammad um, in that fight, but I would say that fight doesn't go the distance and uh, somebody gets finished because Bilal could finish him TK. Damien could finish him on the ground. No, nothing on Jamal Hill and Paul Craig. But other than that, that's the that's all I like, man. That's your, that's your degenerates there. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll go to Justin. And I'm really looking forward to this event. I feel like we've it's been a minute since we've had, you know, a really stacked card. I guess it probably hasn't been, but uh, where we were getting some big ones every week. It's been a you know little while now, so. Um, the main event, co-main event, I think are, are both going to be 
barn burners. I think that Vittori and Adesanya had a, a great fight the first time. Um, and, you know, this time, if Vittori can can keep it up and, and do better in the, you know, continue what he did in the third round of the last fight in the fourth and fifth round, um, you know, he, I think he has a chance to, to win. Uh, the blueprint's kind of there, possibly. I don't think, obviously, Marvin's not nearly as big as Jan, so um, it's not going to be as easy to hold him there as, as it was for Jan. But if he can get Izzy down and, and do work on the ground, I think he's obviously the better wrestler and uh, all-around grappler. So I think it makes it an interesting fight. Uh, Davison Figueredo and, and Brennan Moreno, obviously Davison was pretty sick last time. He Both of them had won a fight, and then they fought each other three weeks later. Uh, Moreno was able to go home. Davison wasn't. got real sick. I think he was in the hospital the night before uh, and still looked good. You know, had he not lost a point, he got a point deducted, and had that not happened, he won that fight. Um, I like I like a finish from Davison in this one. Uh, knockout. I saw a knockout somewhere, uh, like plus 170. Um, I like taking a stab at that. I probably will sprinkle a little money on Nate Diaz because that's what I do, and it wins me money sometimes. Um Nate's just crafty, man. I think Leon should just beat the dog shit out of him. But if something happens and Nate can get it to the ground, you know how tricky he is there. Um, and and Nate's pressure is is just something different. You know, when Nate has gone up to 70 in the past, he's gotten ragdolled, and I kind of imagined that that's what will happen here. But um, he's had several years off to bulk up and put on some size. And, um, you know, he's just a dog, man. He's, he's one of those guys that – um, he's not ranked right now, but he said, you know what? I don't want to fight somebody not ranked. Give me number three. This guy's on a good win streak. Let's take that shit. Uh, and I love it. So I'm looking forward to that fight. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Damien is as big of an underdog as he is to Bilal. Uh, Bilal looked really bad in the one round that he fought against Leon Edwards. Um, Damien coming off of a loss too, but it's been a long time. That was Gilbert Burns, uh, you know, and, and I don't know. Damien's just a master on the ground. Bilal is definitely going to, be putting the pressure on him, trying to get him to the cage and, and lean on him there. But um, if Damien can get on top, man, it, Damien's top top game is on another level from anybody in the world. And um, no matter how old he is, he can always lock something up. So I like below in the, in the fight, um, but I think at those odds, I probably will stay away from a, a straight play there. I might parlay it or, or take, a, you know, the fight going the distance. Or something, um, and I might sprinkle a little something on Paul Craig to pull one out the last second too. Hobbs wrap us up for this evening in the final round. Yeah, I'll probably stay away from uh, Craig and Hill. Um, you know, but this is a this is a sweet ass main card right here, man. I mean, everything on here is exciting, and everything. Yeah, I mean, you're looking forward to each and every fight next. That's next. Um, Muhammad and Maya, I don't know, Maya's taking a lot of damage here lately, it seems, and he's, he's getting a little long in the tooth. Of course, he's always going to be dangerous, but I don't know if his uh, ability to take punishment uh, is what it used to be. Definitely uh, like Muhammad in, uh, on that fight, and he'll definitely take the over on it, though. Um, Diaz, man, who cares, man? It's Nate Diaz. He's going to put on a fucking show, and it's exciting. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do anything on that fight, but I'm just going to sit and fan out and watch it because um, Nate Diaz brings it, man. He's, he's exciting. Uh, Moreno and Figueredo, um, you know what? It just scares me, the co-main and the main. You know, you have such really, really good first fights between these fighters, and you almost, you know, 
sneaking, you know, think that you're you're going to match it. And so many times the second one doesn't, you know, uh, the second one is more clear cut or or they end early. So I just I don't know, man. Um, I'm definitely going to take the over. I'm just going to probably stay on a lot of overs on this main card, man, because um, I think they have the ability to go over. Um, the same thing with the with the main uh, the main event. Uh, yeah, I just don't know, man. Uh, Vittori looked really good the last time they fought, um, but you got to think that Adesanya is coming in after that you know first career loss, regardless of what weight class it was and who it was against. It's still a loss that I'm sure leaves a bad taste in his mouth. So I feel like he's you know coming back to his weight class, not necessarily with something to prove, but just put a statement on. You know, yeah, I went a weight class up and, and challenged the champ, but this is my division, and this is why I'm the champ of this division. And um, while I while I lean towards the uh, fuck, what is the? I'm sure the over and under is what at four and a half freaking rounds or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I might step on out there and go under on this one though. Um, but it's going to be exciting nonetheless, man. It's, it's an exciting main card. A lot of great fights on it that have potential, and I just hope they live up to it. All right. That's going to do it, folks. Uh, That is eight rounds with the Valor Hour crew. We appreciate you all hanging out with us. Uh, Make sure you uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. Spread the word for us if you wouldn't mind as well. And uh, like our social media on Facebook. Uh, We uh, will be back next week with uh, eight more rounds as we start diving into the upcoming uh, July cards. We've got some Hyder Cup coming up at the end of the month we'll get into. Maybe we'll talk about what happened at this UFC and at Primal Combat. There's eight rounds right there. Uh, And uh, so uh, we're kind of set already for next week. Appreciate my co-host, Justin Watson, as always, and our panelists for the evening, Jeff Hobbs and Greg Hopkins. I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, signing off for another edition of The Valor Hour. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. UFC 263. Of course, we got uh, two title fights. Plus, we got Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz. That is a five round fight. Uh, you know, Izzy and Vittori, of course, uh, they went at it last week on the the uh, fight night card as they were both on satellite there. And uh, you know, one of the things of, I, I guess, one of the questions to me heading into this one. Is did Yambohovich put the blueprint out there for Marvin Vittori? Because like to me, if Marvin Vittori is walking away with a title on Saturday night, which is kind of crazy thing, this fight is happening in the same venue that their first fight took place in. And, and to me, Marvin Vittori, it's gotta be he, he's taken Israel Adesanya to take down City, and this fight plays out on the ground for Marvin Vittori to walk away as a champion. Yeah, I think I think the, the blueprint is out there. I mean, the part of the blueprint that is hard to replicate is the size advantage Jan had over Israel. But the other thing is Marvin could replicate looking really good towards the end of the fight. You know, if he maintains that pressure, stealing rounds four and five could play crucial in winning the championship. In their initial fight, you know, winning round three was a big deal for Vittori, and he was able to do that with his wrestling. He was able to break out in Sanya. So it's, it's a real possibility the blueprint is there, but Aden Sanya was just taught a very tough lesson on a high-profile stage, and I think he's going to be the type of guy who's going to rebound well off of that loss. 
The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.